Welcome to my podcast, Living with Ovarian Cancer. My name is Diane Evans-Wood and I'm one of many women who are living with ovarian cancer. I want to give women like me a voice to share with you what it's like to live with ovarian cancer. We will cover a whole range of aspects related to diagnosis, treatment, recurrence and well, just about everything in between. I hope you find our honest, candid but often humorous conversations not only useful but also uplifting. So without further ado, settle down and listen to my conversation today. Welcome to episode 14. So today I have the honour of talking to Leslie Anderson and we've at last managed to connect today after several attempts. Our last planned recording had to be rearranged because my lovely cat Luna returned home after five months of being missing and she was meowing or rather howling. She developed this sort of strange howl because she was she was still so unsettled. She's quite feral when I got her back. And that was definitely not conducive with recording a podcast. Anyway, I'm pleased to say that today she's a lot more settled and we're good to go, Leslie. So <laughs> welcome, welcome at last. Good morning, Diane. Thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> of course. Can you tell me a, a little bit about you, who you mm-hmm. are, um, what makes you you? Well, as I say, I'm Leslie Anderson. I'm 67. I live in North Essex with my beloved greyhound, Ted, although he's getting on a bit in years now. Yeah. And he's really been supportive, a great support to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my husband end of May. Um, he had a heart disease yeah. and he fought very hard. He was my soulmate. And... Oh, Leslie, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Number one supporter, so I miss yeah. him terribly. Yeah, but, you know, Ted keeps me going, keeps me getting out for walks. Mm-hmm. I haven't children of, we haven't children, I haven't children of my own. Okay. Um, but Peter's got two wonderful daughters. They're incredibly supportive, plus yeah. their husbands, and we've got four lovely grandchildren, plus my sisters, mm-hmm. who they're younger, well, slightly younger, mm-hmm. um, my best friends, and mm-hmm. they've been fantastic. And again, with their husbands, and four wonderful nieces and yeah. some lovely friends. So I really feel blessed. You're surrounded I've got by a, with you know, I've got love and support yeah. surrounding me. And I'm I'm very grateful because I realise some people haven't got that at all. Mm. You know, um, and it, it you need that, I think, you know. You do, you do. But, oh, I'm um, so sorry to to hear about Yeah, I think too. it's coming up to Christmas as well, because mm. my husband loved Christmas Mm. he loved everything about it so it's going to be hard you know Mm. for me but going to try and remember the good times yeah yeah where I can and make plans yes what you're doing at Christmas yet Uh, yes I I think I'm going to one of my sisters I'll be spending you know with possibly both of my sisters Mm. and also see probably see Pete's daughters beforehand or after Christmas because we're going to scatter Pete's um, ashes. We've had permission to scatter them yeah. on Newmarket Heath. Oh, um, so we'll do that in the new year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so there is a lot to look forward to as well. There is, yeah. You and it, 
and having grandchildren and all your friends and family yes. friends and keep they're growing you going. up quick. they're yeah. lovely you know yeah. they really are do you have any time for any hobbies at all um I do a lot of reading um I do a lot of walking I'm still running my business even though I'm officially retired oh, okay. um, which is a soft soft furnishing business oh, brilliant. um which I do quite well at and it keeps me busy I enjoy doing it yeah so you it do the soft me... furnishings then pardon you do the soft furnishings. yes I make them myself a table linen you know cushions sort you know things for the kitchen that type of thing yeah um and it, you know, it's very busy at the moment with Christmas, mm. so which is good. So it keeps me occupied. So it's nice. But I do like to read a lot. I'm quite interested yeah. in Tudor history. Yeah. So, and I like art. That's one of my favourite things. Wish I had more time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you keep one day. very busy. <laughs> yes. One yeah. Oh. Well, we're, we're going to talk about the fact that you, you have an ovarian cancer diagnosis, yes. um, something that we do share in common. Mm -hmm. Can you think back to before you were diagnosed and, and what made it made you feel that there was something not right and made you feel that you needed to go to the GP? It was spring 2018 and I started to have indigestion a lot I couldn't eat a full meal I was bloating mm. I was urinating a lot I mean I had no warning all of a sudden I needed to go there was no warning about it mm. and I thought it was IBS which a lot, of, a lot of people I think do so I was taking you know over-the-counter medicines probably mm. everyone you could think of yeah and but it didn't seem to be getting any better right and I felt that I was losing weight not in dress size but my arms and my face but family and friends well family couldn't really notice it I think when they're mm. with you all the time they don't no and it was only some friends came to lunch and they said oh you've really lost some weight in your face mm. and I it didn't really ring alarm bells, but I thought I'll go to see my GP. Mm. Um, he was excellent. Yeah. Straight away, he examined my tummy yeah. and said he could feel a mass. I was quite embarrassed, really, because I couldn't feel it. I thought, you know, you know your own body. Oh. And it was towards the end of surgery. And he quickly grabbed one of the nurses to do blood test which I now know was a CA125 yeah and he said I'll be in touch well I didn't really have any alarm bells going to be honest but the next morning I got a call from his secretary to say they'd booked me in for an ultrasound at the hospital mm -hmm. and then I began to think well what could it be still not you know, unduly nervous, but not unduly worried. Yeah. Um, so it was the following week. I went to see, I don't think he was an oncologist, gynecologist. He was just a gynecologist. Yeah. Say just. Obviously qualified for what he was doing. Yeah. 
So they fast tracked you through, didn't they? Mm. Of what the result they were. did, mm. and they did. He did an on ultrasound, and then he said, um, "Have you got anyone with you?" And I said, "I've got my sister." He said, "Well, can you bring her in?" So I called her in, <laughs> and he just said to me, "Right, you have cancer." Oh my the ovaries. Um, you'll have six months of chemo, then surgery. So there was no warning. <laughs> and that was it. And he said, if you, if you want to go and sit in the room, a nurse would be along. So how did you react to that? So I... I can't believe I said this. I think I was in such shock because we were due to go to Norfolk mm. in a couple of weeks after that with my mm. sisters, their husbands and my husband. Mm. And I said, can I still go on holiday? I mean, what a stupid thing to say. Anyway, we went to this room and a lovely oncologist nurse, what lovely, um, she gave us some leaflets and said, I'll be back. And my sister and myself, we hugged and cried because it was such a shock. Well, yeah, it, it was really a shock the way he said it, mm. you know, not yeah. a real good bedside manner. No. So she talked through um, that I would have a CT scan um, and then, the, you know, some leaflets and, you know, the various treatments. And that, that was it that day. In fact, we went, I didn't feel that I wanted to go home. And it was a lovely sunny day and we went to... A nearby pub and sat in the garden yeah. and had a glass of wine because just trying to take it all in. It feels surreal, doesn't it? It's just, mm. I just thought I've got cancer, you know, and it just didn't seem, no. it was such a shock. Anyway, I got home and my husband was completely shocked and upset, mm -hmm. uh, plus my other sister and yeah. Pete's daughters and friends, you know, rang. And it was hard to take in, but that particular night, I think that's why I had a panic attack in the respect. Mm. I thought I was <laughs> I thought I was going to die that night. I know it's a strange um, thing to say, but that's how I felt. But panic following... attacks do make you feel mm. that way. They're very real, that pain in your chest, that heaviness. It was awful. Mm. Um, but the following morning... Walk the dogs as normal. I had two at the time, two greyhounds. Yeah. And then from then on, I had this. I had the CT scan. I think it was a week after. It's pretty quick. Mm. And yeah. then I went to see an oncologist, gynaecologist. Yeah. A professor, and he was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. A different approach, just so lovely, so caring. Yeah. And he said, "There is." Um, we can see a tumour on one of the ovaries, okay. which is contained, he said, which is good. Yeah. He says, so what we're going to do is surgery first yeah. and then chemo. And I was booked in for um, the 30, 31st of October, Halloween. Oh, <laughs> what year was this? How 2018. All oh, right. Okay. So it all happened pretty quickly. Mm. So... I had my op, I had my, you know, debulking op. 
And the following morning, the surgeon was lovely. He said to me, um, well, the good news is it's low grade ovarian cancer. Right. <laughs> which I thought, well, that's good. Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> which, of course, I now know that it's not good news. No. Particularly. Mm-hmm. But I came home, I, was, I went, um, I think it was the Wednesday I had my op, and I was home on the Saturday. My husband and friends and family were very supportive. Yeah. I had a few days of not walking the dogs. I had a neighbour do that for me, but she, she actually got flu. Oh, no. So the only option was for me to take them. And, and to be honest, I think it helped me in my mm. recovery yeah. quite a bit. And that, that was that. was that. Can you remember much about your recovery at all? Did you recover um, quite well? Uh, yes, I did, yeah. I, I didn't, um, I was, yeah, I, I seemed to recover quite well. Yeah. I mean, I was very tired, of yeah. course, but not, you know, I was pleased with my recovery. Yeah, I saw the be. surgeon, oh, a few weeks later, and he said that, you know, it's remarkable how well you have recovered. Yeah. yeah. He was very pleased. And did he explain to you exactly what had, um, what was in there? Um, how widespread was it contained in the end? Um, he said it was contained in one ovary, right ovary. Yeah. With some fallopian tube involvement. Right. So my diagnosis was 2A low grade right so it was quite good that it was 2a yeah yeah the histology report um said it was estrogen um receptive yes so it was between that time my chemo didn't start till the march um so in between that time my dear mother died oh my goodness he so much loss. Yes, that's right. She was 95. Yeah. So she'd been in hospital. So I started my chemo a week after the after a funeral. When I went to see the chemo unit prior to having chemo, he also said, Well, it's 2A, which is good, Mm. and it's low grade. Yeah. Well, you know, you know yourself, low grade is one of the rarer types of cancer, which I know now. Yeah, they didn't tell you that. It's something that you find out as you mm. go along when you do your own research. That's right. Yeah. I then found out what a CA125 was. Yeah. And it was 1,400 prior to my op, which is quite high, isn't it, for low grade? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it dropped to nine straight after my operation. Wow. And I I didn't realise that people still say to me now, if they ask about my diagnosis, well, weren't you having regular smear tests? Mm. People have this mm. thought that a smear test will pick up ovarian cancer, mm, and no. it doesn't. No. I think there's probably quite a lot of women that think they're doing the right thing and protecting themselves in having their smears, but obviously it's not going to detect um, ovarian cancer. No. 
No. No, and it isn't anything that you've done wrong. Um, this this cancer is is nothing to do with anything that you've done. No. Um, it's just one of those things. Mm. The, the conditions were right, you know. So what happened after that? You went to see the chemo unit. I take it they showed you around what would yes, happen. Yes, they did, yes. Yeah, I think those those visits are really good if you... Not, I know that some places don't do it, but more and more they are doing it, where they show you around and it becomes less scary. They show mm. you what's going to happen, where you're going to be, where the toilets are, because yeah, where, where the those need where those. The coffee and the tea is and yeah. things like that. Yeah, just um, your mind at rest, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's a strange thing, because I used to enjoy my chemo. I used to have my chemo, the actual chemo on a Friday, Seven hours, I think it used to take, round about then. Oh, yeah. And I used to, and I think it's probably the steroids, yeah. plus the Puritan trying to give you the chemo. Yeah. I used to eat so much. I mean, I wasn't a big eater, but I used to eat through the day. Yeah. And the regulars, you get to know the same people, you know. Yeah. They go every week. Yeah, and the true. nurses they used to laugh because I used to I think it was the Puritan because it's extra strong isn't it yeah what they put through your veins that's right intravenously it has an almost immediate effect <laughs> and I would fall asleep for two or three yeah. hours yeah um yeah, and wake up too. quite refreshed yeah so from that respect the actual having the chemo on the day was was fine yeah did you used to take books with you to read and then not read, I, not read I, a line? I, used, I took Sudoku, I took books, I took, you know, earphones, you know, to listen to music. And I, I didn't, I just couldn't concentrate. No, me too. Most of the time I was sleeping or eating. <laughs> that's exactly right. I know I used to go prepared with all these things. And my poor husband used to come with me, bless him. Um, and I'd take things for me to do keep me occupied but I think I think I was just too nosy <laughs> I was just watching what was going on I know me. I was the same yeah and, and that, to that people. Cam the camaraderie as well yes it's friendships it's That's um, right. yeah and the nurses are so, oh, so lovely aren't they oh, they're fantastic they're yeah. really wonderful you yeah. know did so you have many side effects of the the Oh, I did, yes. Um, and it regular as well, clockwork over the six months I had my chemo. On the, I used to have my chemo on the Friday. Saturday night, I would be awake all night, probably because of the steroids. Yeah. And hungry. Yeah. I used to creep down in the middle of the night. I mean, I, I could have eaten the contents of the kitchen cupboards. <laughs> I was so hungry. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't feel too bad. And then it hit me every Sunday night mm. at about five o'clock. And I'd feel, oh, it was like my body was on fire. Yeah. The pain and the, the fatigue. And mm. it's a strange feeling. It's, yeah, it is. It's a feeling like no other, isn't it? Um, a whole body pain, the bone pain. Bone oh, pain. Bone pain is, is just awful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and my husband's such a good cook and he used to do a lovely mm -hmm. meal, you know, on the, on a Sunday and I yeah. couldn't, couldn't eat it. I just, at that point, 
I just thought I've got, I've got to go to bed. Yeah. And just take, um, you know, some paracetamol. Yeah. Um, I didn't get any sickness, fortunately. I mean, I did take religiously take the anti um, sickness tablets they gave you. Yeah. Um, steroids so thought, would have helped with that. Mm. Too. Yeah. And then for about three or four days, I didn't feel well at all. You know, the bone pain. It, it's just an effort to get out of bed. Yeah. But my husband wasn't up to, bless him, up to walking much at that time. So right. I still had to take the dogs out, which once I got walking was fine. Yeah. But I was always happy to see the regular dog walkers because I could walk around with them because I felt very vulnerable. Yeah. It was just something was going to happen to me, you know. Yeah. But they kept me, kept me going, you know, kept my bones going, kept my yeah. limbs going. I think exercise um, is very important, mm. you know, not, I'm not suggesting that anybody should have to go to the gym or anything like no, that. No. It's about keeping your own usual exercise going I mm. think, and about not just stopping and not doing anything because the more that you can keep in with your routine, which you obviously did, I think mm. the better that you do. And it, and it helps with fatigue, believe it or mm. not as it well so it's true isn't it that mm. the less you do the less you feel like doing that's right and it's it's so easy to I think that's that that's muscle. true in everything in life whether you've got yeah whether you're having treatment or not I think there's yeah. you know you can easily sit back and not do anything I'm unfortunately not that type of person mm. but yeah. you know and I, I had the two dogs at the time yeah you know my lifeline really you know they kept they me to, purpose, didn't they? Yeah, they seemed to know. Yeah. You know, they would they would walk quite gently. You know that. Mm. You know they they got you know a sense that they're very intuitive, wasn't... aren't they? Mm. Um, and I found that with Luna as well. She was yeah. my constant companion throughout yeah. chemo. Yeah. So when she went missing, you know, that's why I was so devastated. But mm. animals, they do have that sixth sense. They do. They do. They're very, very intuitive. Mm. They keep you going. Yeah. And they, There's you research, know. research, actually, uh, that tells us that animals are very therapeutic. Mm. I'm so grateful to, you mm. know, I mean, I've still got Ted. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think, um, I mean, he's, close your ears Ted I think he's um you know he's 11 he's he's uh, feeling his age now yeah and I think oh you know what would I do without him but um yeah don't dwell there just no make the but, most um, of him now yeah so I got through the chemo um you know and I do wonder whether you know because I've now learned, of course, that chemo, if you're low grade, is not always responsive to chemo, whether or not I should have had chemo. But yeah. I don't it's regret difficult. it. Yeah. I think it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's still it's still the the go-to protocol mm. even today. I think that you know, if Often it depends on what stage. Maybe nowadays, maybe now you wouldn't have had chemo and they would have put you on a hormone blocker instead. Mm. But usually, looking at which stage you are, 
they probably um, would still opt for chemo, mm. still opt for the the paclitaxel and the carboplatin. That's what I had, um, yes. Yeah, they still opt for that. Mm. It's it's still that first line. Mm. Um, you know, I think there's we're still learning so much about low grade. Yes. But I think that there is so much more interest in low grade ovarian mm. cancer these days. Yes. Um, you know, there's a trial going on at the moment. There's been another trial that has finished. That's- you know, and I, I just I'm so so happy to see that logo yes. is now there up there. Yeah, I've read recently mm. about the trials that are going on. Yeah. And the research, which is good. That's right. I um, think that the, the jury's still out, isn't it, as to mm. whether chemo is worth having. They say it is at the moment, but they're still looking at it. Mm. And maybe in time they'll decide that actually yeah. I mean I don't regret it, it, you know, I just mm. just wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I lost my hair yeah. between the, the first and second cycle. How did that make you feel? Well, it it hurt actually. The follicles in in you know because it was coming out in clumps. I know. Yeah. And I it used to come. Hurt, doesn't it? I used to come down in the morning and yeah. show it to my husband. Yeah. It it was yeah quite distressing to mm. be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it was get, getting really patchy. Yeah. So I thought, well, it's going to come out, all of it. So I phoned my hairdresser and I said, help, can you come round? Yeah. And she came round that day. My husband sat in the kitchen with me and she shaved it all off. Gave me a kiss on the head and said, I'm not charging you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. I'd already been to, with one of my sisters, Alison, to be fitted for a wig. Yeah. So I had a wig and I had lots of hats. So I was, I was quite prepared. I knew it was Did you wear your wig? N- not a lot because it, it was mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. And you get so hot and sweaty yeah. underneath your wig. I used to wear it to the supermarket. Yeah. Or if we went out or we went on holiday as well. But not all the time. Most of the mm-hmm. time I wore chemo hats or yeah. scarf or something like that. I know, because if you, if you do a search... Um... <laughs> And, on, and in some of the forums for ovarian cancer, there are women there that can tell you that there are some brilliant ways of utilising a scarf, mm. um, you know, to I've make a lot of a turban, and, and they look amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I used to find my head, didn't realise, my head used to get really cold overnight. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you're not used to, even in the summer, you know, you're not mm. used to it. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, you can get a soft hat, can't you, to wear? Yeah, I did try that, but a uh, sleeping cap, but yeah. it wasn't that comfortable. So, oh. But it soon grew, grew back. Yeah, how soon did it grow back after you lost that? Um, well, I lost all my, I lost all my hair everywhere. Yeah. Eye, eyelashes, eyebrows. Nose, hair. Yeah. That's Every, weird, everywhere. isn't it? Everywhere. Yeah. And it started to come back, and my hair had like um, it started to come back. I had like a down on my hair. 
I think a lot of people have said that. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. like um, a down all over your face. Isn't yes. It? Um, fortunately, it was quite fair, but yeah. you could see it in the light. Yeah, you've reminded um, me. Yeah. But it grew back. Um, I've always had straight hair, very yeah. straight hair. And it grew back um, very wavy. Mm. Unfortunately, it's grown back really thick. Yeah, that's good. So I've been lucky there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it starts to grow back it, it, quite quickly, doesn't it? After it does, and you just think, well, we're just in time for winter. Keep your head warm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's not too bad. How long then afterwards um, did you have for maintenance treatment? After that, was maybe um, I started. Just before Christmas, um, well, that must have been 2019. Mm-hmm. And my gynecologist, uh, oncologist, I should say, yeah. put me on tamoxifen. Okay, yes. Because uh, my histology report, you know, said I was uh, estrogen receptive, you know, on the histology, yeah. the tumour. Yeah. And I really didn't like the toxicity of it at all mm. it was horrible I just just didn't get on with it at all yeah I had headaches I felt quite low mm. bone pain um, just a whole range of symptoms I just didn't feel mm. well on it at all no no I actually got some advice from um and I'm not sure if I can say his name um which was very kind I emailed him the professor in uh, Edinburgh. Oh, Charlie Gawling. Yes. Yeah. And he's very kind. And I said about the differences between uh, tamoxifen and letrozole. Yeah. And he, he said, well, if it, it sounds reasonable that you, you can change to letrozole if you're finding mm. tamoxifen difficult. Yes. So it wasn't long after that I saw the oncologist again and he switched me to letrozole. Yeah, and how are you on that? I'm about to go for a, a scan um, because a little bit worried about the. I mean, I got, uh, it took a while for it to settle down for the first couple of months, but I do get a lot of bone pain, mm. and I've got some loose teeth at the back of my mouth. Yeah, back teeth, which possibly is through the chemo, but also maybe the letrozole. Yeah, it's so all, he's it's going to send back the bones, mm. and obviously teeth being bones. Yeah, and jaw. that's right. Yeah, so he's going to send me for a bone density scan. Yeah, and said we'll look for osteoporosis, maybe the start of it. Yeah, he said what we might do is give you an infusion of calcium or tablet form. Yeah. So I'm waiting to hear. Okay, so you've got to that point where you're just Ooh. waiting for a DEXA scan, um, mm. bone scan. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, actually. You don't you don't even have to take your clothes off, Leslie. <laughs> is it like uh, the normal CT scan? Um, not even like that, isn't it? No, it's um, it's much less invasive. It's amazing that you just lie there on the couch with your clothes on. And it's just 
It's like a scanner, but it goes over your body. So you don't go into a, a tube. Um, it's just a scanner that comes up the body. And um, they, they only do certain parts of the body because that's enough information for them. Yeah. Um, so they look at certain bones, not all of them. Because if those bones are okay, then the other bones will be fine. I see. Yeah, so it's not invasive at all. It's, no. um, it's, it's a, a really easy yeah one thing i forgot to mention which is quite a big thing i've got an incisional hernia have you right mm. yeah i've got a feeling i knew how i did it and it's probably that is my own fault for lifting things too quickly after my op oh. maybe it's hard to say isn't it, it yeah. even if you hadn't lifted anything it yeah. can happen you know, because um, there's always a weakness there anyway mm. now. So I have seen a surgeon because I, I thought naively that they'll be able to do keyhole. Mm. It was quite small at the time. It's, it's right just under the navel. Okay. And I went private, but through the NHS, because I think yeah. they were so busy, they sent me to a private um, doctor who was lovely. And he said, well, I can send you to for a second opinion. But he said, it, it, really, it's it would be major surgery. Mm. I'd have to rearrange right. my stomach, <laughs> intestines and mm. bowel. So he said, if you're he said, you're not overweight. And if you seems like you do do quite a lot of exercise. Yeah. If you're feeling okay, you know, watch what you eat, eat healthily. Obviously, you don't want to get a bowel obstruction. Um, and he said, I'd, I, he said, in my opinion, I'd just leave it alone. Yeah. Does it bother you at all? It does. Sometimes it, I get, um, by the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not a pain, but I get a bit bloated. And mm -hmm. it, I can, you know, problems with certain food. Mm. foods that I eat but all in all it's not too bad I did I think I have flare-ups from time to time but it's mm. something that I realize you know I've got to live with really I think if it really if it's really bothering you and it gets too troublesome go back mm. because it, they would want to know if um, if things have changed mm. when you was when you saw them before they'd want to know because that might change their opinion of what to do. So, yeah. Yeah. See how well, I, think, I think I'll have this scan first for the, the mm. bone density, and then perhaps um, I'll ask my uh, GP to refer me again. Yeah. Have a, another little look. Yeah. See what's That's coming on. How often do you see your oncologist now? Um, I haven't seen him. I didn't see him last year at all because okay. of, of the pandemic. Yeah. Or COVID. Does your oncologist keep in touch with you, though? Yes, every yeah. three months. Yeah. I thought I was going to every six months, but he, I think because of COVID, because he's not actually seeing me, mm. he said he'd keep it at three months. Yeah. So it's normally quite a brief call, to be honest, because yeah. he's quite happy with my CA125 levels. Yeah, it's just and a case currently... of getting um, CA125 bloods taken and yeah. then check on those. And I think it's quite a good indicator for me anyway. Yeah. 
bearing in mind I had such a high, you know, yeah. count prior to my art. Which is good because I know I know some women with low grade that actually the CA125 is not a very good indicator. No. Well, it's scary, isn't it? Because then how, how do you know if you've got uh, a recurrence? Right. Um, it's more difficult, I think, to monitor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's good that you, you speak every three months, though. But yes. I guess that you can phone the the nurses anytime. Yes, I've got her number if I need to. Gyne- yeah, the gynaecology yeah. nurse specialist. Yeah. Uh, it's between seven and nine. Yeah. It fluctuates between seven yeah. and nine. So... That's quite good. Well, mm, very that's good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so you're on letrozole then indefinitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you get any side effects at all that are bothering you from that? I get bone pain. The bone um, pain mainly. Yeah. And I think it's not as bad as tamoxifen. No. But I do get a few side effects. What about? Not, not anything to really worry mm-hmm. about I mean I can you, cope with do you get the flushes <laughs> I did when I was first on it but I don't know yeah yeah so they so, um, it seems to have settled down yeah no I, it was awful when I first was on it I thought I know I I start I was similar to you but I had um, I had letrozole, but I couldn't cope with that because letrozole to me was like tamoxifen was to you. Um, So I changed to exemestane and I was a lot, lot better. But it's it it really is a miracle how that little tablet can affect um, things so much because it really brought my CA125 down and it kept it low as well, which um, is quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah, but of course, with the side effects, it, it's it, sometimes they they can be a reason why you might have to stop them. It just depends, really. You don't seem to have too many side effects. Apart. No. Maybe the bone pain is the worst for you. Yeah. Um, but I know other women have had um, really quite severe dryness uh, of the skin. And the other thing that they get is the vaginal atrophy as well where the skin around the vagina and the vulva is so, so dry and painful and cracking. So, because I'm in a group for that and I've I've listened to what women are saying and and, um, because they're on the hormone blockers, they get this this problem. But there are ways to combat it. So, you know, so um, I'm finding... That really interesting to know that there are women out there having those issues. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I have read that a lot of people do have, you know, different issues yeah. with the hormone blockers. Um, but, you know, fortunately, they're not, I can cope with them. I, I do get quite a lot of fatigue. I mean, I have to pace myself. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have to have a nap during the day. There's nothing wrong with a nap. <laughs> no, but yeah, apart from that, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. And I do enjoy. I, I said to my oncologist, I mean, I, I enjoy a glass of red wine. Yeah, always have done all through my chemos. Yeah, not that's right. It's it's not going to do any harm, and it makes you feel better. 
it's part of your your routine yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with a glass of red wine no that's right yeah yeah so that's where I am now um how do you feel about the future then? Because obviously you're really stable now, which is so good. And you're doing very, very well with Electrozole. And this, you know, for as long as that works, that's brilliant. But do you ever think about the future when Electrozole maybe isn't working? I have thought about it. And I know there's a quite a, a um, strong possibility that it could reoccur. Yeah. I have looked at, you know, the trials you say what were going on, yeah. you know, the different drugs and, you know, the, what they're doing with low grade. Yeah. Um, and Tremetab, is it Tremetab? Trametinib. Oh, Trametinib. Yeah. So I'm aware of that as well. Yeah, yeah the, the, the trial, the RAMP201 is going at the moment, which is giving a lot of hope. So trametinib um, and defactinib. Well, it actually, it's not trametinib. It's it's another drug like trametinib, a targeted therapy like trametinib plus defactinib, which, yeah, both of those combined seem to be doing really well. So there's a trial at the moment with that. But it's it's knowing that there's something else, isn't isn't it? You know, if the electrosol stops working, mm. knowing that there will be something else. Yeah. yeah. My oncologist said it's similar drug to metformin mm. for diabetes. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I know that it. Well, I, I guess I, I understand why they say that. It's because it blocks a certain pathway that feeds the cell, the cancer cell. So okay. metformin would block the um, the glucose pathway mm. would feed the cancer cell. Mm. So, yeah, that's, I can understand why they might think that. Yeah, yeah, but it is, it's doing, it's, it's mm. doing wonders for women all over the world at the moment, which is really, really good. Fantastic. Thing. Yeah. I do, you know, I do think... Um, <sighs> you know about the future I do mm. you, everyone knows what it's like you know the, the anxiety you get before your telephone call well, at the moment the mm. telephone call with the oncologist after your blood test that's right um, and with scans as well I'm having a scan and then you've got to wait for the result <laughs> and that scan anxiety is very very real it, isn't it? it is it is yeah yeah and it's it's knowing i i think it's it's also it's knowing that somebody somewhere has has, um read the the scan report and they know that they know what your fate is and of course it's quite a long wait isn't it very Mm. often before you get the results and I always want to know now, as soon as possible, to put me yeah. out of my misery. And even if it was bad news, I would want to know because yeah. then I can start to plan, right, okay, what's next? Yeah. yeah. You can start to come to terms with it, can't you? Yeah. You know, what, whatever the result is, you know. Or, yeah. But uh, it's always, a, for me at the moment, it's always a, a massive, you know, relief. Mm. Sometimes I've even cried with yeah. He's told me, I wonder if it's okay. Yeah. I just think it's a, a re- release, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You, you're yeah. so pent up, you know, wait, waiting for the result. It's but quite I hard thought... living from, 
fall from one appointment to the next. You're living in three-month mm. chunks, aren't yeah. you? And so as fast as you get the results of your CA125 and you're told, well, yeah, you're doing really well. It's still very stable. Continue as you are. You get that relief, but then it, you're building up again then quite quickly. It does go quickly. So it is, it's a roller coaster of emotions all of the mm. time. It's very hard. I think it's hard to describe to people just how hard it is mm. to to live like this really I think you've got to live like this to understand truly mm. what it's like but it does teach you lots of things about life you know having cancer is quite a big life lesson isn't it what sorts of things do you think that cancer has having cancer has taught you about life I know that you like to live life to the full don't you the fullest Yes, I, st- I still feel that there's a, a lot I want to do. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I just realise that I'm fortunate to still be here. I think that's the, you know, I, I sometimes can't believe what you go through. I'm not one to dwell on what I have been through. Yeah. I'm very much a person of the, you know, of the moment. Yeah. And think about, well, getting on with life and making plans. Yeah, it's and not it fully be... reflect on what you've been through. And you no. think, gosh, I've done that. And I think yeah. what will be will be. Yeah. That yeah. I'm very much that sort of person. Yeah. Um, have you always been I, like that? I have, yes. And yeah. I don't think I could be any other way, to be mm. honest. I sometimes think, well, will I be still here next year or the year after? Who knows? I mean, you don't know, do you? And I think, well, there's no good me worrying about it. Um, If I get a reoccurrence, we'll have to cross that bridge. And I come to it, and I know how difficult it is for people. I mean, I read the forums. um, what people are going through and it you know you know I've, I feel fortunate that I, I'm where I am at the moment yeah I still realize yes it could reoccur it makes you feel um, very grateful doesn't it to be alive um, and to be able to to do some of the things that you really enjoy mm. yeah I know um, that it can get people down a lot though um the fear of it coming back the fear of what's next what if it's about mm. not dwelling there too long I think is to acknowledge that those very real issues mm. but finding a way to cope with that and to get the help and support maybe of counselling if, mm. if they needed it yeah because I think that's really important I can remember when I was first diagnosed uh, diagnosed and um, going into a supermarket yeah and outwardly, I was normal. I mean, no one would know there was anything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is before I lost my hair. Yeah. And I, I used to think, I'm walking around this store and I've got cancer. And I used to think, I wonder how many other people have got cancer who are walking <laughs> around the store. Because you don't know. You look at people, <clears throat> don't you? And you see them. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's behind. No that person do you 
unless you no. know them. You don't do you don't really know um, what's going on in other people's lives. You could be stood no. behind somebody else in a, a supermarket queue mm. that's going through a similar experience mm. to you. You just don't know. Mm. But I do think it's important to talk about it. Well, you know, not maybe in the supermarket queue, but <laughs> no. it's, um, it's important to talk about cancer. I I really dislike it to be a taboo subject. I really like people to talk about it, be open and honest, because I think it's helpful for other people. I think it is. I think you're right. And I think it does. You, you're good to talk about it. Yeah. Um, because it's not. As I said before, when I first got that diagnosis, cancer is such a still a, such a frightening word. Mm, it is, and yet so many people survive. Yeah, well, one in two of us are going to get cancer. Yes, of some kind in our life. Um, so, yeah, and the you know the research and the treatments now compared to. 20 years ago, 50 years ago. I mean, they've come on leaps and bounds. And yeah, it is. It's amazing what they can do these days. And there is that hope. And like I've said earlier, that I'm particularly pleased to see that low grade now is getting up there and amongst cancers that are being more recognised mm. and having more research, which is exactly what we need. Because mm. without research... I just don't know where we'd be in the last, well, since I was diagnosed, you know, in 2014, I can see such a change, mm. which is very heartening. And it just gives me such a lot of hope for women in the future. Yes. Well, especially for the, you know, the rarer cancers. Mm, definitely. I mean, yeah. let's face it, none of them are good. You know, the varying cancer, I know we're talking about that now. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many different types of cancer, which you don't realise until you've had ovarian cancer yourself. Oh, but you See had a good one, types. remember, didn't you? You had low grade, which is a I'd good one, remember. Any cancer is a good one to get. Yeah, well, you know, you're, that's good news. You've got low grade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you're lucky me. Yeah. Till, you know, it's not till you learn about your you know and I, th I think you've got to be proactive and mm -hmm. learn about your particular cancer mm -hmm. or illness disease whatever you've got where did you um, learn about your low grade where where was it that you found out the information that you were you were seeking it's one of the forums really on mm -hmm. um you know I, I joined um the, you know the make one of the major I'm not sure if I can say the name, but What's one of my, yeah, yeah. Uh, Overcom, you know, through yeah. Health Unlocked. My sister put me onto Health Unlocked, and then I found Overcom, mm. and just just by people there, you know, and then I started to do my own research, yeah, or look into things, you know, the papers that coming through, and obviously you realise that you know Google a lot of the time is out of date, yeah. So I, I don't tend to look at google because they they uh some of the information is not quite correct so yeah right. most of it's come from from there i think the the important thing is to find credible sources so overcome being one of them but of course you know 
when you when you google a lot of the information is already out of date um and there are some sort of um research articles that you can read that are online but of course they they are aimed at medical people and it's hard to decipher what mm. it actually means even if you just read the the conclusion and of course some of the statistics regarding prognosis of low grade ovarian cancer they're they're not great but of course that is based on research some years ago mm. so it's important really not to be looking at all of that okay. and to talk to your oncologist uh, and and to to seek information from the professionals i think mm. like you say you you did visit overcome and they have an advice line which is really good mm. and, and they can give you information too and um, help you to be advocate for you really so yeah but is there anything that you if you were to talk to a newly diagnosed lady with ovarian cancer is there any one tip that you would give to that that lady about um, this probably you know to look at something like overcome or mm-hmm. um one of the other ovarian cancer um, yeah. organisations. As opposed to Googling. <laughs> Not to Google. Yeah. yeah. Um, to try and find, you know, a support group through, through there. Yeah. Do you know, that's really good advice, actually, because finding your tribe and getting the support from other women that are going through a similar experience, mm. particularly with low grade because it's so rare, um, you know, there there is a, a Facebook group that um, I think you belong to it, the the ovarian cancer low grade group. Um, yes, you sent me the link. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's important because it, that's that's worldwide, and it gives you an idea of other things that you can maybe opt for, um, other things that are on the on the horizon for yeah. us. Gives you hope. And it also gives you top tips as well, how to handle different things mm. and different issues that you might be experiencing. Yeah. yeah that's really good advice. Well, I've taken yeah. up so much of your time. <laughs> We've just got a, a few fun questions. Is, right. is that okay? okay? I'll see how we go. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> song would be your signature tune for your life, Leslie, do you think? No, oh, I love music. Yeah, it'd be really difficult to answer that, but I it might be it seemed quite strange, but I love Mr. Bojangles, yeah, because it reminds me of New Orleans when I was there many years ago, yeah. and I used to dance as a child, you know, particularly oh. tap dancing. So that, that, that I just love, love that song, yeah. But there's many other songs, you know, that yeah, my husband used to put them on. Oh, here's your song, so there's, <laughs> there's, I like all, je- all sort of different types of music yeah you know, not just yeah. Uh, but Mr Bojangles uplifting yeah. get you dancing yeah, yeah. I, I love that yeah mm-hmm. what would you like to be remembered for in life um I think to you know um that I, I'm a kind person I mean I, I try to see the good in everyone mm-hmm. where I can um and a sense of humor really yeah Oh, you are very kind. You've been, you've <laughs> been so you. lovely asking about Luna and asking how I'm getting on, despite oh. the fact that you're going through your own stuff. So oh, you really you. are very kind. Oh, 
bless you. <laughs> what was the last book that you read, or is there a book that um, you recommend everybody reads? I read The Glass Woman, Caroline Lee. Um, it's set in Iceland, and that is a very I like her books. It's a very good read. Yeah. Um, but I've just finished the last trilogy of Wolf Hall, right? Which is about Thomas Cromwell. Okay. Um, it's Hilary Mantel. Mantel, yeah, she won the uh, Booker Prize. Right. So it's the Mirror and the Glass. Right. Excellent read, and it's particularly good if you like. She's a brilliant writer. It's particularly good if you like history as well. Yeah. So that's the last books. Um, I've just finished both of them. Yeah. But I like to read all sorts of different books. Yeah. You know. yeah. my, one of my nieces, Claire, we swap books quite a bit. She's quite an avid reader. Escapism, isn't it? Yeah, it takes you to another world, literally. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, where mm. in the world would you say is a must to visit in a lifetime? Um, well, I, I've travelled quite a bit. I've lived abroad quite a bit as well. but. Home, really. I think Norfolk is probably one of my favourite places to yeah. be. Yeah. It's got a lot of special memories for me. Yeah. And I just, just North Norfolk, I just love, just love the sea, the beaches. And I, I just feel that I don't, well, I've, I've got a dog now. Well, dogs, always had dogs. But I have travelled a lot throughout my life and I don't really want to leave the UK. Um, no, it's funny, isn't it, that when I've asked this question before, I always expect people to say something very exotic, but not always. No, um, I mean, I lived well, in Sweden for some time when I was a lot younger. Yeah. Norway, North Norway is absolutely beautiful. It's The scenery is just out of this world. So yeah. I certainly would re recommend something like that. And the Northern Lights, did you see the stunning. Northern Lights when you were over there? I did, yes, yeah. Wow. But it's yeah. just, you know, the fjords and oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so, yes, I would re recommend somewhere. I'm not really a sunny climate person nowadays. No. My favourite time of year, believe it or not, is autumn. Mm -hmm. Mine too. Yeah, I love all colours. the, well, where you are, the North, North, uh, New Forest, but I love all the colours of the trees and yeah. you get those crisp, bright days yeah absolutely stunning. I love it yeah oh you know oh that's a good note to end on so. <laughs> oh thank you so much Leslie you're yeah, very you welcome time. thank you for listening today to hear future episodes of this podcast please go ahead and subscribe now I look forward to sharing more inspiring conversations with women who are living with ovarian cancer until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and enjoy all that life has to offer.